More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Monday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show kicks off right now. Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, We've got a lot to talk to you about. Always the case on Mondays because things come in from over the weekend. Um, We have, let me see here, uh, former President Obama weighs in on the imaginary book banning phenomenon in this country that the left is completely obsessed with it's not a thing there aren't books that are being banned from public uh, ownership or view it's just they don't want pornographic material read to small children as part of their reading lists um but we will discuss that a bit later on in the program um republican presidential candidate vivek ramaswamy has said that uh, he's put out a list of people he would appoint if he were president to be Judges uh, and Supreme Court justices, Senators Ted Cruz and Mike Lee, among those he would say he would consider for the Supreme Court, uh, which is certainly worth a discussion for all of us here. Uh, New York City is going to pay up to two million dollars per person for people who took a teacher's licensing exam in the city and failed, in some cases failed numerous times, But they are minorities, and the city has decided that because too many minorities failed this teacher's exam, it must be racist, and therefore tax dollars should be given to people who could not qualify based on a a standard exam of competency in things like addition, subtraction, fractions, reading. They're saying it's racist. Up to two million a person for taking a test that they failed. Um, and there's new tests and the new tests haven't had any difference in the disparity either. But that's something we should definitely discuss because the Supreme Court has told us that making determinations on the basis of skin color is wrong, which we have known here all along. We'll get into that. Plus, just a little side note. Remember that Disney photo drama from Friday about the new Snow White? It's just Snow White. They've cut off the rest of the title that Disney is making. Disney panicked and did something. And then they had to try to walk it back. We will uh, get into that. But 
Clay, a lot coming in about the political world over the weekend. Uh, first off, the fundraising numbers are out. And we see that Wall Street Journal, for example, has a headline, Former Trump Donors are opening wallets for DeSantis and GOP rivals. So the donors, there's some switch in who they're giving money to. But Trump is still far out ahead in the polling and also is in the lead right now for cash on hand as of June 30th. What what is this telling us, you think, about where we are in this in this race? Um, we've also got sound bites from Trump and DeSantis over the weekend. We'll get to on policy stuff. But just in terms of the state of play, what are you seeing right now? So I went back and looked because I was curious in 2016. Trump took the lead in July after kind of a messy March, April, May, June and then really never relinquished it all the way to grabbing the nomination, then obviously winning in 2016, despite everything else that happened. So as I look at where we are right now, halfway through the month of July, I don't think, and I'm curious what you would think, Buck, I don't think Trump's going to debate on August 23rd, barring some major shift in uh, in polling, because he's opened up such a massive lead that I actually think there's more jockeying in that race for number two, three, four than there is anywhere else. And I just look at this this way, Buck. Assuming that we get to uh, around Labor Day and there hasn't been a massive shift, which is six weeks from now, what's going to occur that is going to, barring a health-related issue, What's going to occur that's going to shake very much between now and January 15th when the Iowa caucuses actually occur? Because so far, nothing. If anything, the the thing that is most surprising to me, Buck, is if you had told me on January 1st, where do you think we'll be sitting on July 15th? I would have bet a lot of money that Trump wouldn't have a 20-plus point lead. 25, 30 in some places. And nobody other than DeSantis has really made a move at all. I'll tell you what I expect. And we know Tucker interviewed a bunch of people in Iowa. I think Vivek Ramaswamy is going to move solidly up into the top four. I think Pence is done. I think the Aza Hutchison's of the world are done. I honestly think Nikki Haley's done. I, I, I don't think she's made a move at all. So I think as we come up on Labor Day, the top four effectively, Buck, is going to be Trump one, DeSantis two, Vivek three, and Tim Scott four. And I don't know that anybody is going to make a run outside of those top four. Maybe Chris Christie slides in at five. I think a lot of these people are having trouble getting attention. I think they're having trouble raising money. And I don't know what's going to occur. I can almost guarantee you that on August 23rd on that stage, Vivek is going to come off really well. People don't know him. A lot of these people are known quantities in many ways. And so I think that's where the challenge. I think those five are going to be in there as we come into the fall. I don't see anybody else ever being in the mix. So I, I still stand behind my, we're going to talk in January, and I don't know what it is, but there are going to be things that have occurred in this presidential race that we will say, wow, if only we had known, just because that's what I think 
ends up being the political story. But that didn't happen in 16, to be fair. So I went back and looked at it. Nothing. Trump took the lead in, in 16 in July, and everybody kept saying somebody's going to overtake him. Somebody's over. He ran. He was the horse that ran the whole way. Well, you had 18 candidates. Right? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, to, to be like clear, 12 or 13. Yeah. To be clear, I'm not saying that it's just on the Republican side. That That's the piece of this. That, oh, okay. Yeah. What I was about to say is even Ron DeSantis is being asked, for example, do you even like, Clay, everything you're saying, yeah, I mean, right now it all looks pretty inevitable. But you're also the guy who believes that Joe Biden's not going to be the nominee. Correct. And if the president doesn't run again, I think that that shakes up a lot of people's perceptions of what exactly they're doing and what's going on here in this in this election. Right. You're going to have uh, now how much that will move the needle one way or the other on the Republican side. I, I can't say, but it will definitely change the dynamics overall of, of the race. DeSantis was asked about this over the weekend, yeah. which I wanted to get to. Here is what the number two in the GOP polls right now says about are you running against Biden or are you going to run against Newsom, your, your buddy? Do you think Biden will be the Democratic nominee? Honestly, I go back and forth because as an incumbent president, unless he's willing to step aside, I don't think they can get him out of there. On the other hand, I'm fully prepared uh, to have a Florida-California showdown and let the people choose what's the better vision for the United States of America because I'm very confident that the freedom in Florida is what more people would choose rather than the public defecation on the streets of San Francisco. I I think everybody would love to see at some level, and maybe that means 2028, as I keep saying, there's going to be a whole yeah. new, doesn't matter whether it's Trump or Biden, let's say, doesn't matter. There's going to be another presidential election in four years. So uh, the dynamics here are very different. It's rare to have a former president and a current president running against each other in this way, also at their ages, which could affect this in ways we don't have to lay out for everybody. But that's just the reality of father time. Um, so if you have a different if you have a Democrat primary going on, I think that that obviously shakes things up. I don't know in what ways or how much. I still think Biden will be the guy. But if Biden is not their guy, which I believe you still think, do you think that the Republican, it's basically on autopilot? I just, I, increasingly, I don't see what's going to occur that's going to make people not support Trump uh, in the Republican primary. And I also think there's a lot of guys and girls, Buck, who aren't really incentivized to drop out of the race because the more people that are running, the better it helps Trump. And I don't know that it matters in the Republican primary who is running for the uh, for the Democrats. I don't think it's going to be Biden. But are there people out there who are going to change their vote if they say, oh, it's not Trump against Biden it's Trump against uh, Newsom, or it's Trump against Kamala Harris, or Trump against Pritzker, or, or uh, Whitmer. I think the the, and I think it would be Newsom who would emerge. But I don't know that the calculus changes that much for Trump people. I don't think the base of Trump is that focused on who he's running against. I think they're solidly pro. But we have to remember also that you have that Trump's numbers are at fifty. Right. So Trump's numbers are at 50. All the other numbers put together are at 50, obviously. Um, and so if people start to drop or, or or things start to shift, look, we're, what we're dealing with right now is it doesn't even look like a horse race. It looks like there's a guy who's winning and everybody else is trailing by a whole heck of a lot. If things change, if things shift a little bit, I think you could be in a place where 
whether it's you know Vivek or or Scott or or DeSantis, once you get to one candidate has thirty and one has fifty or one has you know thirty five and one has forty five or whatever, and then there's the then it starts to feel like things could happen and, and shifts could be made based upon how people perceive electability and who's the best. That's also why I think it matters who the Democrat nominee will be. But I don't think the Trump people but care about electability. Like Biden got the nomination in 2020 because Democrats through James Clyburn basically said, we think Biden is the most likely to beat Trump. Do you hear that much of an electability argument? I heard a lot more of an electability argument in November and December than I have in the first seven months of the 2023, uh, 2023 leading into 2024 race. Now, maybe that changes, but I get the sense that that the Trump base is going to stay committed to Trump no matter what. And you're right. He's got roughly 50%, let's say, of the audience, but... As the other people, first of all, I'm not sure other people. So it sounds like you think Trump has won this thing before it's even started. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I I feel (laughs) I I feel like I feel like looking at it right now as we sit, I, I, I don't see anything that's going to change the calculus on the Republican side. Trump is a known quantity. I mean, I then, think that then guys it's like just the, time to mount up and help Trump beat Biden. I mean, you know, if that's, well, if that's I mean, where I just, we are. I, I mean, I mean, if you look at it right now, what has changed? In the two months since DeSantis effectively entered the race officially. Well, he did just fire, according to the reports, like 10 staffers. When, when you so, fire people, it's not a good sign, so there, right? Well, here's yeah. the thing. There's an awareness from the decisions that have been made that the campaign has not, it hasn't worked so far yet to start to bring Trump supporters over to DeSantis. There are a lot of people, and I think it's, I think it would probably be a majority of this audience right now who their feeling, their overall feeling is, I like Trump a lot, I like DeSantis a lot, but a majority of them say, I think Trump is the guy for this time. And we've been told that from the beginning by people, right? They've been calling yeah. in saying, Ron should wait, Ron should wait till 28. That's been uh, a consistent storyline, I think, from from the base. Um, at this point in time, though, Obviously, the decision to run looks like it hasn't they haven't gotten Trump supporters to flip. They haven't gotten Trump supporters. To flip. Now, Trump had 97 percent of the GOP or 98 percent of the GOP yep. approving of him when he was in office. He doesn't have 98 percent of the GOP base right now. That's that's not a reflection of that. But so, he's higher now than he ever was in 16. And and I just I looked at I, I looked at this over the weekend, Buck. I was I was fascinated. I said, OK, let's go look the last time we had a competitive primary. Trump was an unknown quantity at that point in time, and he took control of the race in 16, and he never gave it up. And if you look at what's happened since November, when I would have bet, to be fair, I would have bet a lot of money that Trump, coming out of the midterms, would not have been the nominee. But we're sitting here, what, nine months after the midterms, and Trump is... I don't think anybody could have predicted that Trump would be this strong and have this much of a stranglehold on Because you think that, from what I gather, you think that Biden is not inevitable, even though he's like 80-20 against RFK Jr. But Trump is inevitable at 50-50 versus the I don't think Biden is physically and mentally capable of doing the job. Ah, They'll wheel him out with a blanket on his knees. They'll wheel him out. I think that Democrats have recognized that. And and I just keep coming back to, and CNN had the article, we talked about it on Friday, 
We've seen Biden trip over, uh, fall everywhere, right? Just think about this. How many times has Biden fallen in the Oval Office? How many times has Biden fallen on the stairs in the White House? I mean, there, nobody there are whatever the number is, they're, they're hiding it from you. Right? Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I, it would not shock me at all if he's tumbled down the stairs seven or eight times, tumbled him up. Let's we, just we, think we, about it. We'll we didn't get into this either, but I would say the I think the the um, prosecutions of Trump. I, I mean, I believe they're going to actually harden the base and put them even further. I think they helped him. That's what I'm saying. So that's yeah. why I don't think that factor is going to work against Trump uh, in the primary. And I've said, I mean, I said it on the Patrick Bet David show. I would give what is it one to two. I, it is much more likely that Trump will be the nominee than anybody else. I see it that way too. I'm just not. I'm not willing to say that I think we could see the future yet. That's all. I think things could really shake up in six months. But you seem to you seem to think that just, it's pretty much the story's been written. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll take your calls. Uh, big props to our friends at Pure Talk. They upgraded their service without raising prices. Pure Talk just added data to every plan, now including a mobile hotspot with each one. No price increases whatsoever. Pure Talk's monthly price remains 20 bucks a month for unlimited talk text. Now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspots. Just 20 bucks a month. That's why we love Pure Talk. Veteran-owned, operated with an entirely U.S.-based customer service team who can help you make the switch from your service provider in about 10 minutes. Most families saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Make the switch to Pure Talk today. Truth after truth, you can handle the truth. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening hi i'm michael rapaport and i'm kibi rapaport and together we're hosting rapaport's Rappaport's reality Reality Podcast. podcast we have a passion for reality tv and we're inviting you into our living room we're talking tea we're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today that is right reality tv is the greatest form of entertainment on television today here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast this is where we discuss all things reality tv all things popular culture and a little bit of Rappaport's reality the reality of bit. us we're a figuring bit. out and if we had been recording these last four or five days oh it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. 
and then Carvin and Junie. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. All right, I don't want to sound like somebody who watches September um, NFL and then comes out and says, oh, this team is going to win the Super Bowl. But I've said from the get-go that, to me, everything is basically frozen until Labor Day. And what I've been waiting for is a moment where I think, oh, things are going to change. And I just don't see it. And I spent a lot of time over the weekend looking at the fundraising numbers and 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 then going back and looking at 16. And there is, to me, no argument. Because remember, the, the whole argument in 16 was, Buck, if you remember it well, oh, as soon as people get out and Trump has to go head-to-head with somebody that somebody is going to beat him. That was the entire argument for 16. There's no way it's going to be Trump. And then Trump maintained his lead, and then when he got going head-to-head, he actually started to pull more and more support. So when I look at it and I say, okay, let's say Trump's got 50 right now, Buck. The other 50 is going to also include some Trump support, right? It's not 50 Trump and 50 100% anti-Trump. And I'm just wondering what's going to change. And we'll take some of your calls. We'll talk here on the on the backside uh, of the first hour. What's going to change that alters the trajectory that hasn't already occurred? I mean, basically, put it open to people. Uh, do you think it's over or not? The primary is the primary already determined. Is that where you are? I'm curious because that's that's where that's where Clay's head is right now, and I want us to see if that's where. A lot of folks are, because maybe that's maybe that's the case. The polls certainly indicate that not a lot of movement going on. 800-282-2882. Next week, maybe a very telling one about our nation's currency system. Uh, f- according to former Wall Street insider Tika Tuwai, our government could soon announce a mandatory national recall on the U.S. dollar. Per Tika, they'd replace it with a new digital version that would be radically different from what you have in your bank account right now. Tika Tawai is warning that the official announcement could come as soon as July 26th, a week from this Wednesday. He's exposing this government plan in a controversial new video and showing you the three steps that you need to take to prepare. Go to dollarrecall.com to watch this video. That's dollarrecall.com. Learn how to prepare before it's too late. One last time, that website is dollarrecall.com. It's always better to be informed. You want to see this. Don't let the government tell you what's going on. Listen to some experts on this one. Go to dollarrecall.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Clay already calling a shot early in the for, uh, the first quarter here of the uh, 2024 election. He's basically saying, call out the mercy rule. Trump is uh, running away with it. I, I, I'm falling back on my, the world is a crazy place. Nobody can predict the future. And we could have movement on the Democrat side. We could have movement on the Republican side. I'm, I'm going to wait and see. I'm, I'll, I'll also say this. I'm humbled by what happened in 2022, where, and Tucker has said this publicly, a lot of people have come out and said, you know, it seemed like, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I was so fired up about, for me, it was Lee Zeldin. 
I wanted yeah. Lee Zeldin to win so badly. And even after COVID in New York, I, I, and when I saw all the lunacy here, I was like, the people of New York State, I wasn't relying on New York City. I was like, the people of New York State. And look, they made it close. They, they you know, they, but we're outnumbered two to one. And now at the end of the day, when you're outnumbered two to one as a Republican in New York State, it doesn't really uh, get it done. Or maybe it's, I think it's maybe a little less than two to one. But the point is, we're obviously. You know, we don't really have I'm talking about registrations. We don't really have the numbers we need um, in New York City. It's like eight to one. So, yeah. there, I mean, that's just that's just almost impossible unless you go hang out with my friend Joe Borelli in Staten Island, the one enclave of sanity down there. Um, but he, here you go. Uh, DeSantis is realizing he's got ground to make up and <laughs> in the polls. That's that's for sure. And he's he's saying things about Trump on policy. So far, none of this has landed at all. This is what Ron said over the weekend, play six. We've been very frank uh, at our differences uh, with respect uh, to the former president. I mean, for example, he promised to drain the swamp. It got worse. He did not drain the swamp. He promised to build, have Mexico pay for a border wall. They did like 50 miles of wall. There's massive expansive still there. He said he was going to eliminate the national debt. They added almost $8 trillion to the debt. Uh, in four years. And of course, in 2020, he turned the country over to Dr. Fauci and those lockdowns and the borrowing and printing really sent us on a bad course. All I've right. been very, very frank at that, but I have no interest in attacking Donald Trump or any of these other candidates personally. I think we've got to rise above that. So he's not going personal and he's talking policy. We haven't seen a bump from this. I, I think we're at a point, too, where a lot of people so far who are locked in on the Trump side of things, they disagree with the assessment on policy or they, you know, they disagree with some of the criticisms or also perhaps they view the criticisms as not substantial enough for them to change their mind. Meaning, OK, even if the wall didn't get finished, which we can all agree it didn't get finished. Right. That's just reality. How much of it was actually new wall versus uh, additional wall? I haven't seen a lot of voters um who say, well, I blame Trump so much for that, given the realities he faced, that I'm going to go with a different Republican candidate, right? So uh, it's there's an, it's an uphill climb here for all of his opponents, except for Vivek, who I think you have to suggest Vivek is probably taking some of those DeSantis and maybe expected Tim, uh, Tim Scott supporters, because he's actually been getting boosts in the polls. Well, I don't think people know him. Um, and my, by the way, when I'm talking about Trump taking control... I said I'm talking about the 2016 race, but I'm referencing July of 2015, which if you go back and look at polling, in July of 2015, Trump became the favorite. And we really never saw Trump relinquish his mantle as the favorite all the way through the rest of the primary season. Now, there were different challengers. And if you'll remember, that argument was, well, Trump really can't get above a third. Oh, he's only got around a third of the Republican primary electorate when it eventually ends up being Trump versus one or two. And remember, it ended up being for everybody out there who's forgotten Trump versus Ted Cruz. And then Ted Cruz was never able to get over the hump and and Trump continued. Well, so I also kind of just the, the Trump wrecking yeah. ball in 2016, the way it was set up was it was almost like i don't know did you ever play like uh double dragon growing up or any of those oh, yeah. like fighting video games yeah. i love those things you know street fighter but double dragon it's it's with each level you had to fight a boss at the end 
Yeah. Now, if you had to fight all the bosses at once, you you wouldn't be able to win. But Trump, you know, it was he took you know he took down Rubio and he took down Kasich. Remember with the uh, was it the pizza thing was Kasich? He kind of one by one swatted down these competitors over time, so that by the time it was just him and Ted Cruz, you know, it was too much. He had already gained he had gained too much momentum from that, um, and and so you know that was. We, he did win Iowa, as we know, and then after that, things started to change. We have a ton of calls, by the way, on this. Do you want to yeah, get with, I mean, with the very perspective? You, you don't have to agree with me uh, on that, but I, I spent a lot of time looking at it over the weekend, and I, I think, again, the headline is not good, even if it's just reassigning some of your staffers on the DeSantis campaign. It's a sign that they haven't connected in the first 60 days or so. What was the official uh, DeSantis launch? 15th of May? Yeah. Something like I forget the exact date. Basically, but it was mid-May. we're si- sixty days in, and there has been no. Uh, the, the argument was, well, once we really get the campaign rolling, DeSantis will start to get some gloves on Trump, and we'll see some movement in the polls. Yeah, we've seen movement, but it's actually been that Trump has extended his lead. And look, there are other people who I think have knocked themselves out. Right, like Mike Pence has knocked himself out. I don't, I don't I think Mike Pence's political career is over. I think he was bad on here I with mean, us. Did he knock himself out, Clay, or <laughs> did somebody throw well, a little elbow? I, I think he was bad with us. I think he was really bad with Tucker over the weekend. I and then there are people like I don't know if you've been paying attention, Buck. Asa Hutchinson is drawing crowd. They they're giving away pizza. I, I don't even know like if it's a crowd. People. You know how a conspiracy legally requires more than one person? Can you call what Hutchinson is drawing a crowd? What I don't know. He, what is he even doing when you're giving away free pizza and only four people show up? Did you see some of the pictures yes. of the Asa Hutchinson events? Like, I don't really. Is it just so that we talk about him as the worst candidate in the field? I mean, when I say the worst, I'm not even. I don't mean that subjectively. I just mean of the ones that have some elected office. I know there's some other very random candidates that are, are but they're never going to get on a debate stage and no one's going to pay any attention. I don't really understand the advantage for someone like Asa. For Vivek, I get it, right? Vivek, he can't look, he was strong on this show. He's got a national profile now. There's no question. He wins no matter what. He wins if he doesn't, you know, even yeah. end up in the top three of the presidency. Uh, and that's clear. It's true of a, a bunch of different candidates, uh, current and past. But I don't get the, I don't get the Asa Hutchinson play. I, I don't understand. Well, when, when he announced Buck, we said, I don't even know who he's talking to that's telling him, hey, I see a lane for you. Like, I can see Vivek's, what, 37 years old. He's super smart. He's a multi-hundred millionaire. He's obviously had success in many different fields. I think Ron DeSantis, you guys know this, I think he's the best governor in the country during COVID. He got everything right. And you, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I've seen that I didn't anticipate, but I understand, and I've seen it a lot. You have a lot of people for whom, Their political reality right now on the GOP side is Ron DeSantis is a great governor. Trump is the guy that we still need to fight the Democrat machine. You know, online, you'll see people say DeSantis is a rhino and he sucks. And it's like, guys, you know, that's a lazy argument. That's a lazy argument. Like, that's just not he's a very good governor. He's a Republican. But is Trump the champion that the base wants for this fight against the Democrat machine? That's. People can say yes to that and still think that DeSantis is a great governor and still think that, you know, that Youngkin has done a better job than anybody could have expected in Virginia. You know, there's there's room for these things. It doesn't have to be this binary to land punches on Trump over policy because Trump is. 
by and large, motivating how people feel. And once people decide how they, and I think, by the way, this cuts against Trump some in 2024, because, but right. in the primary itself, Trump is a, he makes me feel proud to be American. Yeah. He makes, like, it's a feel thing. It's not a, hey, well, what exactly are you going to do on uh, the, uh, policy as it pertains? It's just a feel. And it's hard to attack a candidate who is winning based on feel. Does that make sense? Like, it's an emotional connection. Yeah, well, people vote based on how logic. the vote. I mean, there's actually yes. evidence and you know empirical data to back this up. People vote mostly on how it makes them feel to cast that vote. Correct. More than anything, it's like I vote for this guy because you know I like him or I trust him or I, I want him in this or I want her in this fight, whatever it may be. Look, we got every line yes. lit. Let's get to some of the perspective that people bring to this, um, and also uh, just as a little uh, a little teaser for the next hour, we have the um, head of Moms for Liberty, MSNBC, firing uh, firing off at Moms for Liberty over the weekend, Barack Obama himself weighing in on the book bans that are blamed on groups like Moms for Liberty. There are no book bans. We'll talk to you about all that in the next hour. I think it's a really important debate. Uh, You know, we're all trying to improve in one way or another, whether it's holding ourselves accountable to be more present with family or setting new goals at work. Either way, we want to make the most of each day, which is why you should know about Chalk. It's spelled uniquely, C-H-O-Q. Chalk is a Texas-based company full of patriots who make world-class natural supplements. Their male vitality stack includes ingredients specifically chosen to provide energy, drive, and focus in your everyday life. Like so many members of this audience have discovered, a subscription is the way to go. The leading ingredient in Chalk's male vitality stack has been proven in studies to replenish diminished amounts of testosterone in a man's body. In three months' time, you're likely to see a plus 20% increase in your T-levels and certainly feel the improvement that comes long before that. Sign up with Chalk today. It's choq.com online. That's choq.com. Save 35% off the subscription you choose for the life of it when you use my name, Buck. That's B-U-C-K in the sign-up process. So go to Chalk, choq.com, and use promo code Buck for 35% off. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. A lot of you want to weigh in. It's getting late early. It's a phrase that that, that I think uh, sometimes has a lot of mass appeal. And by the way, maybe we're going to be sitting in November... And you'll go back and look at the transcripts, and we'll be in a four-horse race coming down the stretch run here of Iowa. And a lot of you will say, you know what, Clay, you were crazy. I, I have I, marked down the day, to be clear, yes. just so we're clear. This to, Mid-July, Clay says it's all over. I'm taking the slightly less aggressive approach of, it's not looking good, but it's not all over. Uh, let's go. By the way, happy birthday to my mom, uh, who is, uh, is July 17th, uh, having a birthday. And also... I've had the same assistant with our family now for nine years. She is currently in labor. She may be listening to us, Buck, at the wow. airport. I don't know if that, I mean, at the airport, at the and, hospital. And, and to be clear, I mean, it's not looking good for the non-Trump candidates. If you're a Trump voter, this looks amazing. So Yes. Yeah. Uh, and happy Jake, birthday to your mom, by the way. That's so exciting. Yeah, happy so birthday, cool. Liz Travis. Uh, Jake in North Carolina, what do you think? How would you assess things? Good day, gentlemen. Uh, the way I assess it, the only way that 50% of us leave Donald Trump, and I've talked to my friends about this, is that... If Putin releases the film of Donald Trump eating puppies, then I might consider leaving Trump. Other than that, not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, that a lot of people feel that way, and Trump said very early on that his base is with him no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter what the policy shifts may be. So, Jake, thanks for calling in. Tommy in Florida. Tommy, what have you got for us? Hey, uh, real quick, Clay, I used to call your show on OutKick all the time, man. This is Tommy in Florida, so you guys Appreciate do a great that. job. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Real quick, my my point is I don't understand the support for Trump. He was awful on COVID. He's the one that locked us up. Not Biden. He locked us up. He's pro-vax. He didn't fire Fauci. He he didn't fire that lady Rush Limbaugh used to call the scarf queen. And you tell me (laughs) he has not uh, he has not won a popular vote in two elections. And you tell me one thing that he's done in the last four years to actually garner more votes which he's going to have to do from independence in order to put him over the hump. I think well, all of can I, can I just say, Tommy just came in and just kicked over the Trump voters' Gatorade just right in front of everybody. He just decided that's enough. Tommy, like, that, that is the DeSantis argument. Tommy just made it. It isn't resonating. And I think there's a couple of reasons that I would say it's not resonating. Because Tommy just laid it out. I, I, I think that is a strong argument if you are a pro-DeSantis uh, uh, person. One, I think that we're in a um, traditional debate does not matter. I think it's almost impossible to land in a punch on Trump because, again, it's a feel. 
it's a field that the, the Trump base yes. trusts Trump no matter what. And so you can try to say, well, you know, on Fauci, he wasn't and and they slip. And Buck, we talked some about this on on Friday. I am frustrated that the COVID uh, consequence, yeah, the COVID reckoning has still not arrived. We're like the radicals because we're still angry about it. And there are yeah. others in the audience who are in that category. But most, I mean, most of the GOPs moved on. All of the Democrats, of course, they've moved on. Except, I still saw people masking on my plane. Oh, over the weekend, on, I, masking. I was up. Talk about this at the top of the next well, hour, Buck. I was all over Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, people my, are my insane. Son is in camp there. The number of people in their teens and twenties walking around outdoors, still wearing masks. Uh, on the University right. of Michigan campus, boggled my it's mind. It's a social signifier. It's like the ones that have put Ukraine flags, you know, uh, outside their their dorm rooms and uh, and in their online profiles and stuff. Because yeah, they they care so much about Ukraine. Um, I would just say, Clay, it does seem like Trump. A lot of the Trump supporters are hooked on a feeling, and they're high on believing. <laughs> I'm just Eric. That is it's well. A, done. It's a great song, uh, Eric in Tennessee. You got us next. What's up? Well, gentlemen, how are you doing? We're Excellent. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I'm in Chattanooga. So I uh, left California four years ago. And okay. uh, so a little insight. I think the game changer is going to be uh, if Newsom jumps in, then then Trump's age is going to become front and center and the issue. And um, I don't know if you guys have, have heard or been paying attention, but um, uh, Newsom has been to Georgia a little bit. And um, unfortunately, you keep hearing Stacey Abrams' name brought up. And, um, you know, if it's going to be a, a Newsom-Abrams ticket, that that could get really weird. It's interesting. Buck, thank you for the call. Uh, and Chattanooga, awesome town. Appreciate everybody listening down in that area. Here's my thing, Buck. I think the Biden age argument connects because Biden does He have stumbles. He says things. Yeah, it's, it's, different, it's different with Trump. Although, you know, the the optics of it, I think the optics of meaning truly like the the visuals, the view starts to be a little more favorable for Democrats. If that happens, to be clear, I still don't I still think it is going to be Biden. But if if somehow it it turned into a member, it would have to be a Democrat primary. There's no anointing of Gavin Newsom. So that would make a we're making an assumption that he would come through the whole thing, which I know there's data to back it up, but it is still an assumption. <laughs> Look at some of the assumptions that have been made on the Republican side in the last year that ended up not being the case. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it's uh, going to be we, we, we live in a time of, of very interesting politics, Clay. And uh, we have one more. Uh, I, I don't know. What is the name, guys, in Texas? Who? Can you all hear me? Yeah. What's your we name? We got you. It's Loy. Loy. Boy. Okay. Yeah. What do you got for us, Loy? I was just gonna say. I was just gonna tell you guys. So I'm 50 years old, and I always hear about like the way the moms are gonna vote. And I've got two teenagers right now, and I just I like to me. I wish that we could have somebody like I like Vivek. I like Tim Scott. I like Ron DeSantis. I would vote for Trump. I have voted for Trump. I like Trump's policies love what he did for the border all those things since i'm in texas but to have someone that i didn't turn the volume down every time he's speaking because he's so when he attacks somebody or he's always being so ugly to people i can't stand to listen to him talk well thank you for the call but this is going to be the question right for all of 2024 can trump get these moms back 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.